You are listening to the Burning the Red Shirt podcast, brought to you by CFB Dynasty. Welcome to the Burning the Red Shirt podcast. I'm your host, Zach Town. Here with me are the great Andrew Katz and Chris Kay. What's going on, guys? What's happening, bro? Not much. Let's do this. All right, here today we're going to talk about our dynasty rosters. Uh, we I just rolled over the to the new 2022 season. Um, you know, everybody's always excited about that. All the trade offers that we usually send and ultimately reject a hundred times before before August. But um, you know, we got a lot to talk about. We have some interesting rosters. Um, I, I won't start with mine. I think either of you want to start with. Want to talk about your roster? Well, overall, it's it's just exciting and it makes things feel so much more real when we actually get the that we can roll over our rosters in fan tracks yeah. from one year to the next. I mean, there's that uh, there's that period that dead the dead period, right? Like the recruiting dead period where you can't really do anything. I mean, Jared's out here running Excel mocks and it's great because it gets the blood <laughs> flowing a little bit, but it's it when we get to roll over the rosters, when I get to cut that dead weight of all those players that are no longer part of the college football landscape. I mean, admittedly, I'm still holding on to some of my favorites. Like I won't cut Corral probably for a few, a few months. I'll let him hang around, but <laughs> it, you cut the dead weight. You start to, you get, you actually get to set your roster with an eye toward week one, even though Fantrax hasn't loaded the schedules yet. Like you can, clear out the guys that you were starting at the end of last year and kind of get, like actually set your lineup. It, it feels really great. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, it's funny because fan tracks let you roll over an NFL season, like before their season's even done, like the super bowl is tomorrow and I can roll over to the new season already, but college football, you have to wait until fan tracks says so. Not really Can you sure imagine why. how much harder it is to maintain the college football database and all the realities associated with the, the NFL, though, just yeah. from like a data source perspective? You're right. But when you roll over the college season, like a lot of the players haven't even been put on the correct teams yet. <laughs> yeah. So it, it feels like it's literally just a setting. Yeah. They just flip <laughs> a switch. Like they're eliminating players. Mm-hmm. They just literally say, okay, now you can start doing more. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But we've done it. It is 2022 season has officially started for college fantasy football dynasty. Um, I guess we can kind of jump in to, you know, we should just go by position. I think like we could go quarterback, then running back, then receiver. Well, what do you want to do? You want to, you want to talk through our, our teams who has, More, who, has, who has the second? Which of you two has the second best team, and which of you has the third best amongst us? Is that the? I mean, that's fine. I think yeah. that's cool. Okay. Um, I, I I like my team until I started looking at both of your teams. I'm like, oh, my, my team's not very good. <laughs> it's gonna be problematic for you. Um, so I guess what I'll do is we'll just throw the quarterback. Compare quarterbacks, right? All right, Andrew, you have Aiden O'Connell. You have Tanner Mordecai, Cordero, Bailey, Plumley, right? And that who I got? Well, I don't know if you saw, I moved JRP into the starting QB spot over <laughs> Mordecai's, Mordecai's on the bench to start the year after, after his slow finish. Well, I didn't look at the uh, actual like starting lineups. I just pulled the rosters. And, I see. You know, there's, there's thoughts that Mordecai might not win the job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do we feel about that? I think he wins the job, bro. I, I mean, think so too. But everybody yeah. loves. I, who is it? Evan Stone. Everybody loves the whole Josh CFF guys is like the big leader in that clubhouse of like <laughs> that guy could take over Tanner Moore guys. Is he uh, still? Is he still feeling good about Preston Stone? I I feel like I mean with Evan, just yeah, like with Preston so many Stone, yeah, yeah, players yeah. after they get out of their true freshman years, if they don't pop, like they become apparently less of a shiny toy. Apparently, it's the yeah. whole like. Well, he recruited them, and Mordecai was like kind of bland till the end. You know, yeah. like I don't know. I mean, give me Mordecai. I have Mordecai in other leagues, so totally in. But like, there is that doubt that it's 
it's going to be him, but I don't know. No, I, I don't know how you could pull I him. feel like the most likely scenario is Tanner maintains through the spring, plays better than Stone in the spring, and then Stone transfers out after the spring. But it's I mean that's it's just a an edu- an educated guess with absolutely no. Oh, after the spring, like that's tough though. Wouldn't you want to transfer pre-spring? Like because if you transfer, if if your intention is to start, right? You want to play and you want to start. That would be a hard thing to do in May. Like I don't think you can. Do, I don't think you can just roll like I don't think you can just dip out like in the middle of February and then enroll it like. It, it like they have to have that semblance of the idea that this is like school actually. So I don't think you could just like go and start practicing like mid March. Right. I mean, I guess then just because like if he truly thinks if he's gonna stay there and he knows all right, this is Mordecai's last year. Next year's my might as well like, wait. Yeah. If you're gonna wait here or wait somewhere else, it doesn't really make sense. I but I think he would leave to go to go try and compete to actually start if he's thinking, hey, I didn't win the job last year. It's not looking good for me coming out of the spring this year. I mean, that's true. Where do you, where do you go from a G5, though? Like, do you go another you go Mac? I mean, I'm, sure, you go lower I'm sure Dykes will try and sell him snake oil to come to TCU. <laughs> I mean, it could. They got Duggan and Chandler Morris, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's and that like, is totally, I mean, that's that is not totally kind of the idea. He just goes somewhere to actually start with certainty, right? Yeah, we've talked about it. These kids are dumb, right? Their decision making <laughs> is just—it's just I mean, it's, it's very likely he he goes to Oklahoma or USC or something, right? Like thinking he would, but right. Um, as you guys can see at the bottom of the screen, there's Andrew's whole roster is coming across the screen, um, but. You know, Mordecai. I think we talked talked about it. Like, I think he's he starts. I think he's he's fine where he's at. Um, how do you feel about Plumley? Honestly, like this year of your quarterbacks, where does he rank in your what you six or seven quarterbacks you have? I have four that I feel like I'm I'm pretty stoked about having them on my roster at this point. Between AOC, JRP. Mordecai and Cordero. That's a fine four. And I feel if you, if the bet was, if I had to make a bet, would all four of those be starting week one? And I'm just, I'm getting like even odds on that. I would, I think I would take that bet. I think they're all starting week one. And if that's the case, I, I mean, I feel strong about all of them to have good years. So four quarterbacks going into our league that you feel strong about. I feel like that's where you, that's kind of the threshold where you need to be. Three is too too paper thin because then what happens yeah. if you're wrong on one of them or one of them gets hurt, right? If right. you have four strong ones, you got a couple others that maybe have some upside and you're in, you're in a decent place. All right, so I guess I should probably tell everybody, this league, you start two quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> People kind of need to know that, right? Um, yeah. We start two running backs. Let me make sure I tell these people right for you. We got three wide receivers, a tight end, and then three flex. Um, you could not play a tight end and play a fourth receiver if you want to. It's a weird – I've set it up weird, but anyway, it works. It it works. works. We've, we've got it working for us. So I will say if you're going to have the foursome that you have, like having Plumlee is like the fourth guy is a great <clears throat> fourth guy because mm-hmm. like there's a, so much upside. He could be awful. He might literally become the slot receiver. And we oh yeah, work. I mean, but with Cordero, with those, but you know, Mordecai, those other guys, like it feels like you have some safe options. You need an, a high upside guy, like that's yeah. your high upside guy. So I, sure. I like the group. I like the group. It's not as good as mine, but I like the group. <laughs> yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna mention the setting that? What was what was last year like year nine of the league the the scoring setting that I just found out last year? Which one? Oh, the touchdowns. Yeah. Oh yeah, touchdowns are six points. <laughs> Passing touchdowns are six points. Um, Andrew's been playing this whole time for what nine years. That with the assumption that they're four points. <laughs> so, I guess that might change his strategy moving forward. I'm not sure. I guess we'll see. 
Um, but yeah, they've always been six points. I have never changed it. So, all right. Well, I guess we'll move to Chris's quarterbacks. Um, Hooker, Bryce Young. It's a group. It's a group. Yeah. I think you have a very good two. And then you have high upside three. Right? Wouldn't that, would I think that you're downplaying it. Let's let's get into it. Let's do it. Okay. What, what are your thoughts then? Well, list them all out. Let's go. Let's okay. Go. All right. Hooker, Young, Ayun. Is that how you say that? How do you say that name? We don't need to name him. Okay. <laughs> For North Texas, Spencer Rattler <laughs> from South Carolina, and Tyler Shaw. Do you say that name? Show? Tyler Shuck. Shuck? That's how you say yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Makes no sense as to why. Nah, makes no sense, but like that's that, how you say that's, it. That's how it Shuck. is. Yeah. Interesting. Um, clearly, I haven't watched enough of him to hear that, but Tyler Shuck, according to Andrew. Thoughts? I mean, you're looking at Bryce Young's the first round quarterback in a redraft. Right. Hendon right. Hooker, third round quarterback. Everybody loves them some Spencer Rattler. I mean, like, I think if you're looking at my four versus Katz's four, Mm -hmm. you're looking at, I think I have the two, I think I have the two best, right? But I think he's got four within that, like, tight end range. Right. Whereas I have two top guys. I have, and then I have, like, a gap. And then I have Rattler. And I Chuck. And Shuck. I mean, if he wins the job, right? Like, it's kind of a weird spot. I was talking to um, Bainbridge, actually, today, and Josh. And I was like, I, like, I'm pretty weak in terms of depth. And I feel like I need to trade Rattler. Because I think everybody's hopping on, like, the Rattler train. And I, I don't know. Maybe I just think he's just Does he have the same trade value he had a year ago? I think he's – well, no. Preseason last year, No. But this time last season, if you go week four to week six to now, everybody's you know hopping on that train, and I just don't believe it. And if I can get something out of it to make it happen, then I think I need to. So Chris just announced that he doesn't really like Rattler, and he's expecting something good at back from him. So offer (laughs) everything good to me. Anybody in the league watching this, don't give him what he wants. No. I, I'm starting to I'm starting to workshop my take of all the players that I would prefer to Bryce Young this year. Like I, there's I don't see any scenario where I own him on any team. Any I mean I'm not picking him first round. Yeah, he's, that's he's, it's weird. That's he's where he's a, going. He's such a weird quarterback because he's supposed to be this like dual threat. Well, yet, that's like he yeah. doesn't want to be a dual threat. Like he Let's literally why he's like he's threat. Mac Jones when everybody wants him to be Tua. You know, like it's weird because right. he's he's. I mean, like when he runs, he runs really well. Yeah. So yes. Why does he not do more? Like is Saban just telling him, like, yo, bro, just stay in the pocket and just throw it away? Like, it, it's I, weird because he's he's supposed to be a dual threat, right? I I wonder if a lot of that is the options behind him. Like, if he t- starts taking off and putting his body on the line a lot more, yeah. Maybe maybe there's a significant drop off. From him to the backup, whereas in years past you had Hertz, then you had Tua sitting behind him that you believed in, and vice versa, right? Like you had that that option. Right now, I don't know that they. I mean, they might, but I don't know that the option behind her uh, Young is worth risking him for. When you have the playmakers, just give them the ball and let them work. I mean, he, he probably doesn't, doesn't want to run. Like the dude's yeah. built very slightly, right? We yeah. want when he takes off, he's he's twitchy and he's fast. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure he could do it. But I mean, we right. know how that story ends for all for all quarterbacks. So after they do it X amount of times, or just catch a bad break, right? They're they're out multiple weeks. Yeah. I mean, from his perspective, it makes really zero sense considering how effective is he, he is at throwing the ball too. And I mean, you go back, you look at okay, stats this past year. You go back. Look at his high school stats. He's never really utilized his legs significantly. So if you turn turn on and watch him. It's like, yeah, this dude can do it, but there's no reason for us to to expect him to. Right. So, until until Addison transfers there, you might want to pump the brakes on Young, right? 
what does Young have to do to be a first rounder then for you, Andrew? I'm in the same boat. I I don't I see him more as like a like I think I'd actually like want Hooker more. I think Young has like more consistency than Hendon Hooker, but I think Hendon Hooker is like has a high floor generally speaking. And I think I'd rather him like if you told me which one would you bet on, I think I'd lean Hooker, which is weird. But it's just because he runs so much. So my question to you, Andrew, would be, what does what does Young have to do to get like close to that? You would need to round? you need to project to have based on like let's say the last couple two three years to have a season that's in the top two or three quarterbacks at, on a per game basis. And how does he get there if he's not running at all? It doesn't happen. Like okay, so if you so the, and that that idea of how he gets there is totally different than the idea of take all the quarterbacks today and project them going forward. Right. Because those projections projections are going to inherently just be more conservative. And like, he might project really high based on all the things that we know right now, relative to all the other quarterbacks that, that are known right now, but it doesn't mean he's going to end up as a top two, three quarterback. He's probably, I don't think he's going to. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I really, I mean, he's on my team, right? I really like yeah. him, but like yeah. for him to go like sixth or seventh or eighth in like some of these mocks, these crazy yeah, early it's not mocks, for me. feels weird. Like it, like there was somebody else I was thinking of the other day. I'm not gonna have any of that guy <laughs> if that's where we're at in redraft. And we're gonna, I plan, and I'm sure you guys both plan on doing a ton of best balls. Yeah, like, when are we gonna start? I'm a... waiting for someone to just just say, so you know what? Josh, I'm... Josh and Mike it. were talking about doing best balls. Low stakes best ball starting soon, so stay on it. June but breaking news starting soon. starting soon. Breaking news. Why don't you we start first on burning the red shirt? But I don't think I'll ever have Bryce Young if it's like a first or second round. I yeah, don't it's, so. it's kind of like the whole like we talked about Lou Nichols last time, right? Like we we all like him, but do we take him if we have a first round pick? Probably not, right? We, unless we, or if we're late first, right? Like that's kind of how we. There's so many good options that, like, why would you take someone pretty high, like, I don't know, maybe last half of the first round makes makes a difference, but like, yeah. so many good options in the first first round, like, mm-hmm. why would you take a guy with question marks? You know, like, obviously Nichols is a stud, but like, there's some questions regarding like. Oh, was it, who is it? Kobe Smith, right? Like, or Kobe Lewis? Like, does he kind of like play into that, right? Because last year, pre, none of us had Lou Nichols because of Kobe, and it became a mess. But yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, we we all like him fine. Like Bryce Young, I wouldn't mind having him on my roster. But I'm kind of with both of you. Like, if I had a top five pick, I'm probably not. Te- I'm not taking him. I think there's better options. If I'm going to go quarterback, I think I go somewhere else. All right. So I guess then we go to my quarterbacks. How's that looking? You don't sound as excited there. Eh, well, no, not really. Um, I got Nikosi Perry, Jaron Hall, Daquan Finn. That's probably the one I'm most excited about. Um, DJ Uyunglele. Will Le- Will Levis leave it? How do you say his name? I've I've heard it three different ways. I lean Levis. Levis, okay. Levis, uh, Devin McCulley, and no, that's it. That's all I got. So, Finn Donovan. He's a dude. I see. I love Finn. I picked him up whatever week that was. It was probably right before we cut the being able to claim people just right yeah. for the playoffs. And I grabbed him because I think they, he wasn't starting, but I think that they were playing so poorly that I thought, okay, this guy comes in and he does runs for a hundred yards and a touchdown. I'm like, okay, I'm going to grab him just for the hell of it. Yeah. Why not? He's young. Right. Why not? And he turns out to be a like really good player. Um, the thing that, about my roster is, like DJU was such a big disappointment, right? Like we thought top five quarterback probably going into last year. Everybody pretty much assumed he was going to be the next Clemson great quarterback. Well, he was not <laughs> by any means. Um, and it 
kind of derailed my season. I wasn't going to win anyway, but it pretty much took me out of any playoff consideration because I did. I was kind of scrambling and piecing together quarterbacks throughout the year because I went into the season with Ritter and DJU as like the two guys that I was going to kind of lean on. Um, Hall kind of he was, you know, hit or miss. Perry actually turned out to be pretty good, but. I yeah, like I, Hall. Yeah. Love Finn. Didn't know Perry was still in school, to be honest. I mean, that's I like a so. lot of years there. Maybe he's, he's not. Like, I, I thought he was. I mean, I'm sure he is, but that seems like the old seventh-year guy, you know? Like he's now, 27. See, Fantrax had him listed as a junior. I'm sure so, he is, but I think he's, back, like yeah. he's been here forever. I, I haven't heard about him going to the uh, Hall draft. feels like a... Hall feels like a like a high floor, kind of low upside guy. Like it doesn't feel like he's been untapped with his like rushing ability. And it's like weird I, with BYU. I just BYU's got a weird offense consistently. Like I would feel good about him if I had to plug him in for a week. I feel like I'm pretty safe with the amount of points he'll probably give me. Right. Like he, he's probably not gonna go for 40, 50, but I think he could give me 25 just on a on a pinch, I need him. He's good, right? Like I feel like that's pretty solid. But I think I still have to address quarterback. Clearly, but I got one. You want a rattler? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm really holding out hope that DJU decides to quit doing the Bojangles and Dr Pepper ads and start playing football. You're in a weird spot with him. Like you're yeah. kind of like you have to like just play it out because like nobody is buying that guy. Oh, I also like, you watch the you watch the Debbie C2C guys, you watch yeah. them on Twitter and like they don't even come close to ranking him. And I right. can't blame them. Like why would you like a year ago they were all over him. Like everybody was. And nowadays everybody. it's like nobody's so like you can't trade him. You're kind of stuck with him. Which is funny because I took young Bryce Young 101 mm-hmm. and you took DJU 102 last rookie draft yeah exactly how different that's gone right now i also i actually left him off here i actually have tyson pomachon from clemson who's transferring out he was kind of the handcuff option for dju and then he transfers so i don't know that he's landed anywhere yet but i guess we'll see um i didn't put him on my list but Andrew, do you have any thoughts about my quarterbacks and why they're well, not as good as yours? I was hoping you would talk up Levis so I could shoot it down. I'm not I don't hate him. I yeah. I just I'm I, I wonder, I'm curious if he's gonna get any helium at all on the heels of putting up like sixty points on Louisville in week thirteen and just inflating or week fourteen, whatever week it was the last game of the season, and just inflating his overall points and averages as a result. Like that gate he he changed the dynamic of so many championship games like the the like the one redraft draft league i do that's like really any semblance of like a normal redraft league he almost he almost took a team that was just playing like garbage and brought them to a championship by by <laughs> just by running for like five touchdowns in that game like five like yeah. touchdowns in t- inside the five yard line so it's just totally absurd and out of character starting up my team if he keeps doing that would you rather Rattler or Will Levis? I'm a, I I like a lot of things about Rattler. I love the way he throws the football. Like he does the Mahomes thing, how he throws like a baseball uh, kind of deal. Like, like he's you know, a like, shortstop. Yeah, yeah, he's the man. But I don't. Like, know that I, I like his I like his cockiness, but I think it like almost is like I gravitate towards that kind of thing. Generally speaking, the like the cockiness yeah. of players, but he really is really close to being on the wrong side of the fence on that one. But I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. I I am high on South Carolina coming in, into this year. Like I, I, I'm feeling a lot of things that they were doing down the stretch, and like it manifested on the field and like some nice wins that really that like those a lot of those games were ugly, but they kept winning games that Weird. they were not really projecting. They like, won games with random graduate yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah, and then they had that sweet win over UNC. Did a gr- ton of great things in the portal, right? Um, and I, I'm I have my eye on their win total this year. If it's like in the six or seven range, I'll probably fire on that. But I, I mean, I like Rattler. I can 
you can speculate for so many different reasons, like what happened at Oklahoma this past year that resulted in so like unexpected things when it comes to their skill player output. But um, I mean, am I as high as on him as really anyone was coming to last year? No, but do I still do I still like him? I do. Yeah. Oh, he was weird last year because like Mario Williams was supposed to be awesome. It was just kind of average. Marvin Mims was like a superstar and it was kind of average, but they did the, the old classic cats two man game with the yeah. running back. And like, <laughs> why would Rattler excel in that? But like, it wasn't it even sense. So it's weird. Like, I feel like he, Rattler could be better than people think because this sounds crazy considering OU, you know, quarterback, usually you think superstar at quarterback there. Going away from that coaching staff and situation might benefit him. Yeah. I have no idea what to expect from their offense, considering last year it was like, all right, let's just try and put together a game plan that might get us to 20 points, given the pieces that we're working with here and let our defense do do its thing. But now they actually have like skill players. I mean, perhaps it's something that could have been researched before the show, right? Like what their what their OC situation looks like, stuff like stuff of that elk. But um, how we roll. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we yeah. had a comment a couple like, it was about 10 minutes ago. I just now saw it. Bainbridge says Chris speaks the truth about best balls. So Ooh, confirming confirming I, source material. Breaking it on the pod. Breaking it on the pod, yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's what we do. That's what we do. Where do you think Rattler will be going in uh like once things kind of settle in in, in drafts and redraft? Like in like like late, like July, August, or yeah. are you talking about mocks? Like best Let's ball. Say June, July. Yeah, like a July best ball. I don't think he goes very high. He just doesn't run enough for me to go out that high. Yeah, not that fair. he's not worth. I think he you might get good value on Rattler, honestly. Like if you're gonna because, get value, this this year might be really good. To I get think the he value. goes like twelve round, like that dug in. Um, Jerkovich range last year, you know, like the 12, 13, yeah. Yeah. 14. I'm looking range. at the, the mock we did with, or I, that, yeah, we all don't think he Jared. got picked. He didn't get picked, yeah. So, yeah. I think by the way, just, Grayson right. McCall drafted ninth round in that. Yeah, I thought that was crazy. Insane. Too. Insane. That's like the <laughs> <Yeah>. craziest, <laughs> craziest yeah. pick. Yeah. I don't think I would take – I don't want – I'm not really interested in Rattler in the first nine rounds, but, like, when I'm no. kind of building out a best ball team, like, as one of my, like, whatever, five or six QBs, I, I'm down. Yeah. I mean, I, you asked me would I rather have Levis or Rattler. I think I'm going to stick right now today with Levis. But are, are you offering it straight up? Is that what the offer is? <laughs> I'm not offering it straight up. Okay. okay then I'm doing it, it for the matter. pod. I'm doing it for the pod. Okay. It doesn't matter then. The offer is not official. It's not official. So. It's not happening. Okay. There's no first ever trade on the Burning the Red Shirt podcast. Like live right now. Boom. Except. Yeah, not um, all right. Let's let's move on to running backs. We'll go to back to Andrew. Um, I can list them all, or you can just talk about who you like. But. Yeah, it's not going to take you a long time. Uh, <laughs> my my teams are. My team in our league never gets to where it needs to be from a, a running back perspective, like mainly with the depth. Like I can find – I'm cool to get some, get two or three guys I could start like I have right now, but I feel like I'm always trotting out six or seven receivers. And it like it's tough it, with – like obviously not – not obviously, but not a best ball league. I'm trying to pick six or seven receivers that are going to – and not – have any of them have not have like more than one, like two or three actually have really like awful games. Like it's tough just because of the volatility of wide receivers, generally speaking, right? Unless you have seven superstars, which not, not really. Um, you're probably going to run into a, a game where a receiver just doesn't get in the end zone or a game or two. So that's kind of how my, like has been how my roster is shaking out every year it's how it's looking right now and when you get into the playoffs and you're going up against stacked teams and you need your 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 team to show up and a couple of your guys just don't do it like that's you'll see next year so that's kind of well the the position that you're in though you have we haven't gotten to them yet but you have plenty of wide receivers that you could move to get the problem is i like them all 
<laughs> well, that's see, it's better strategy than Chris than like hating on his guy and yeah. then trying to trade him. Like, I hate this guy. I hope somebody trades me what I want for him. Like Andrew's like, I love all of them. You're gonna have to pry them from <laughs> hands to get them. But uh should, should, I, talk about, should I talk about this uh this trifecta of running backs that, that I'm bringing to the table this year? Go for it. All right. So we have my boy Braden Bennett of Costa Coastal Carolina, thinking that he's gonna be one of the, the top two running backs this year. He'll be that that kind of that big back that they utilize. Super fast dude, like showed out down in the bowl game, and also just kind of, I thought every time he, he he touched the ball, he looked he looked great. Um, do I think he's ever gonna see be a guy that gets twenty carries in a game and is ultra reliable week to week? Which I mean, reliability in a league where you're starting your you're picking your roster, your starting lineup, right? That's a little more valuable than in a best ball league. Um, do I think he's ever going to get to that point where he's getting 15, 20 touches? Probably not. So maybe stop, right. not not as optimal in our league as in others. Ellis Merriweather at UMass. I, I, I am a big fan of him. Do you – Are you, did you see uh, Nick? Uh, <laughs> do you see the comment on the screen, guys? I'm yeah, I do. Supposed to ask you your thoughts on your industry dynasty team. Obviously, not this league, a different one. Yeah, I, lo I love that team. Why? Of course, I love that team. It's my team. Mike's I, per discussions with Mike, he he thinks it's very meh. But uh, <laughs> maybe that's another podcast. Yeah, maybe I'll do a solo where I'll just talk that team up for a couple of hours and <laughs> forty-five. <laughs> There's a grandstand. We were talking about we were talking about Merriweather maybe before the show, and it was like, if it, it feels like he's not a sexy pick, but it feels like he's a good pick. Like he's a good player. So like they, if they, you're looking at two running back league with potentially three flex and four receiver potentially, like like that kind of mix, that's a that's a good guy to have. Like he at was least getting the 30 flat. carries a game down the stretch last year. They brought in that Iowa guy or Indiana guy, Tim Baldwin, who, I mean, whatever. Like, okay, maybe he takes a few carries, but I, I think they're bringing him in just for depth depth purposes. Maybe that's more hope than actual, like, meaningful thought. But the half their schedule is the UMass thing where it's, like, a mix of Mac teams and like FCS teams, like New Mexico the, State. Yeah, players. the other half you're probably not ultra interested in running them out there. And but I mean, if having a guy that is has potential to get 25 plus touches in half of his games, and I think that's I think that's sweet. Nick Nick uh, from CFB Winning Edge did he released uh, the free version of his way too granular team previews and he did it for UMass. All the others, I guess you have to pay for, but I'm cheap. So I won't be getting that. Um, but he he talked about how the UMass, UMass brought over some uh, new OC who was even more run heavy. So maybe 40 carries for Merriweather this year. I mean, when you're down by 30 every week, like, can you can you have that many run carries? You know, can you have that many carries? The game that they won against UConn, right? He had 39 carries for 171 and two touchdowns. It's almost Kevin Mensa like, you know, like 39 last carries, games, 102 yards. Yeah, his last five games was Heisman worthy. Honestly, if you look at the numbers. But no, I I do agree with Chris though. Like if. In our league, which, by the way, I didn't say this earlier, it's 20 teams. So there, you do have to kind of scrape and get some depth somewhere. Like he would be a really good pick that people aren't really thinking about to get. If you were, if you were redrafting, if you started this league today, like where, if you did a 30 round thing, where do you think he's taken? So, or how long do you think you could wait before he's being considered? There were a bunch of guys like that. Thinking back to the draft season last year, where guys and I'm thinking, guys on either bad teams or are who are or are in like very volume driven roles. Like I'm thinking along the lines of okay, Mensa, UConn, Roberts at Air Force. There were a couple others, and I think you're. They were all kind of going in like that twentieth roundish area. 
Yeah. And so, some of them really hit like Roberts, right? And then Mensa was a total disaster. I'm blanking on there. I feel like there were a few other of those guys too. And I feel like it, you're either going to hit a home run or it's just going to be total garbage. Yeah. Well, I, I, I agree that he would be um, a good guy to have. So of all your running backs, like I like him probably the best. Yep, yeah, he's the four, oh, four that you have. Three. It's really three. Um, I don't know how you're counting to four, but Ontario Inter- Brown, Mike's boy, is uh, he would he dude in the dynasty league. This guy was chilling on waivers in like week five when when Whaley went down, and I was like, all right, I'll put in like a just a, a keep you honest type FA uh, fab bid. I put in it was only I only put in like maybe ten bucks, and I got him, so that was sweet. I, I don't know how, how much I buy into him, though. Like, I sh- I probably shouldn't be talking him down because people really like him, but I, I might be able don't to. Be Chris. Don't be Chris and talk it, down it your own It felt guy. like the coaching staff didn't trust him and was very reluctant to give him the, give him touches in the, the, the back half of the year once we got into action. Like, so he didn't get on the field at all until Whaley got hurt. And then he was the guy who got the chance, got a chance to be a bell cow had one decent game. I think next game fumbles gets hurt one or the other, maybe both gets pulled. Doesn't see a carry the rest of the game has to beg and plead to get back on the field the rest of the time. And by that point, they're like, cool, we're just going to run Ducker for like 20 times a game, except psych when we get down to the red zone, we're going to give it to that, that, uh, that Rakovich guy. And only he's allowed to score a rushing touchdown. So no, none of the, none of the actual good running backs are allowed to score on this team. But going into this year, right, it's it's Ontario Brown and Whaley. And I, I'm inclined to think that like Whaley's the better target personally, but I know. have a strict rule where I don't roster guys getting beat out by white fullbacks. But <laughs> that's just me. The Superbacks. I mean basically. to be fair, like Northern Illinois, what was they doing? They they were rolling out three dudes that were all being productive. It's like duck. Ducker was like super productive forever. And then all of a sudden they're like, you yeah, like screw it. Let's throw into Radakovich or whatever. And it was like, but why? Like this guy's like young and good. And now you're just like messing with him. Yeah. It was good weird. on Ducker. Good on Ducker for just saying, F you, you won't give me the ball at the goal line. I'm out of here. He went to Memphis. Yeah. It's a good spot for him. Yeah. That's a great yeah. spot for him. For sure. Like they have, they have some backs at Memphis, but we won't, we won't go there. Um, Let's go ahead and move to Chris's roster, uh, his running back roster. He has Zach Charbonnet. Uh, who's he got? Valaday, Siggers, Bradford, McGowan, Porter, Thomas from Virginia Tech, and oh, Camp. He's he's dual position, but I think his main position they have him listed as wide receiver. If he but, sticks at running back, though, that's awesome. But he has – I think he has running back eligibility, he right? He does. Yeah, he does. So, I mean, yeah, you could technically I – mean, Charbonnet coming back is awesome. Didn't even realize it until earlier today when I was cleaning through stuff. Valaday, we all love Valaday in this group. And mm-hmm. at Arizona State, I mean, that feels like a great spot, right? Like how productive were all of them last year? Uh, but then it gets a little weird. Sakers <laughs> is like – RB2 at SMU, right? Because Bentley's back. Then they have TJ McDaniel, I think they like said is like officially back. So that's odd. Um, my question to you guys is because I love this pick in the I don't want to say rookie draft, like the offseason draft last year, Cam Porter. Mm-hmm. And then he got hurt like literally a week later. Like, do we like Cam Porter? What is his outlook at Northwestern? Andrew, I would say to assuming he's healthy, the most likely way that plays out is he gets a chance to get maybe not like the role that we envisioned for him last year of 80 plus percent of touches, right? But 60 plus percent, but that team is going to be absolutely horrendous, right? So unless they're, unless you can craft a Merriweather story, about him in terms of his touch volume, like they're, they're I don't, I have no idea what their quarterback situation is right now. Like I think it might be Holinsky and Marty again, which sounds beyond dreadful. But why? Yeah. But why? Yeah. 
I think you're right. Like, I think the best case is Merriweather. Because, I mean, if you think about it, right, like UMass and Northwestern, weirdly enough, it feels like they're product. They were, like, they were all set like the to, same. to build the entire offense around him last year. And the poor yeah. guy was just whatever. We don't even, do we even know what the injury is? I feel like we assume ACL, but I want to say it was ACL, but who yeah. knows? Lower body. Um, lower yeah. body. I hate the lower body injury. It's the mm. worst. Yeah. I'll say I'm interested in two two complete flyers that you would not even well that you would draft at the very end of best balls right now or in the future. Uh, Malachi Thomas at Tech. I'm curious what Pry does offensively. There's a like literally the thing with Virginia Tech is like we have like 12 scholarship running backs, which is just the most like people make fun of it all the time. Like within our like, so like guys have just been transferring out, and they're like they're pretty much telling them like, look, we don't want twelve scholarship guys to leave, and now we're down to like six maybe, which feels like a better number. But I'm curious what they do there. And then the other thing is Elijah Young, because, I mean, we saw Batty right. Like, not to say he's gonna be Batty, but like if you're eighty percent of Tyler Batty, like that's a great spot. Yeah, but they brought someone in, Nathaniel Pete. So. Yeah. The question is, does he beat out Pete? He looked great against Army, but then again, like when you're like a big SEC school, you can kind of outman Army when you're like, you yeah. know, they're a little bit smaller, right? I'm curious yep. to see what happens with him. Like, I love having him on the bench and seeing what happens because I feel like if he doesn't win it, I can probably just get rid of him. But I, I think he's got some high upside. I like having Porter there to see how it plays out. Like, I would. It's good that you already have him on your roster, I think, because he could def- definitely be like a lottery ticket player that that pays off, right? Like, I think last year we all expected him to be uh, one of the top picks as far as running backs go. Then he gets hurt, like Andrew said already. But since in our league, we having them on your roster already allows you to be patient and you're like, all right, so now I don't have to really gamble anything on him. I've already got him. Let's just wait and see. Because by the time we draft, it'll be a August, right? I don't think you're having to – I mean, I think you can wait that long to see um, where he kind of shakes out. Like if, if, if in August – if after spring practice and then after the fall camp and everything, you see that he's basically second or third on the pecking order, like then maybe you – you're moving. Right? I I think I end up keeping him though because I think yeah. he's shown enough in an offense that's willing to just hammer one guy. But it would not be a great thing. It would but be like would a, they would, would they hammer hole. one guy if if now they have three I mean, cases hole and all those other guys right? Like it's it's such a bad offense. It's weird. Yeah, I, but I definitely if I had him, I definitely would be intrigued about the possibility of him being really good. I feel like he's a good – I mean, he's very boomer bust. Yeah. He's going to do absolutely nothing, or he's going to get 25 you, shares a game. You've already, picked, you've already drafted him, so – Already wasted capital on him. Right. You don't have to do him. it again. Like, like so, it, so Jamabo. Got to hold on to him. Right. Possible. Right. Like, if you were to cut him now, it really makes no sense, right? Because then what if in August now he shakes out, he's the starting running – now you got to draft him again – and you've just now spent another pick on him. It, it, I think you hold on to him for sure. Yeah. Well, you got Rockins at, at running back. All right. So my running backs um, is actually the first guy on the list was the guy I drafted in the mock last time. Uh, Marquez Cooper from Kent State. I got Tajay Spears from Tulane. Mayan Williams from Ohio State. Shadrick Bird from Charlotte. Um, who else do I have? Hold on. Let me look at my team here. So I have Andrew Henry from uh, Louisiana, Monroe. Marshawn Lloyd from South Carolina. I've held on to him. And Oh, and I have Raheem Sanders, who I got in a trade from Chris during the season. We talked about it. Mateo Durant. Durant, yep. Thanks a lot, buddy. Well, you know. I traded while, while he was hot, right? I traded him. And I have Aaron Dumas, who was at New Mexico and transferred to Washington. So 
Uh, that one feels that. fun. It feels fun. I'm going to hold on to him. Why not? But I do I, – I think it's the position I feel the most confident in of my – of the quarterback, running back, receiver. Um, I can use help. That they're not going to produce? No. <laughs> like, as far as depth goes, like, I have a lot of really solid options. Um, quarterback, we already talked about, like, I'm not, I don't feel very confident about it top to bottom. Like, top to bottom running backs I feel okay, pretty good about, actually. Um. Oh, and I also have um, Jalen Anderson at West Virginia. It's a kind of a lottery ticket type pick. But what do you think of this out? This possible outcome of Raheem Rocket Sanders becoming a must sell, sell high as we get into the late summer. The hype continues to build, coming off a nice freshman year. Traylon Smith's gone. It's him. I assume Dominique Johnson's still there. Just two of them. Yeah. Hundreds of rushing touches to go around to that offense. You know the Devi and C2C guys are going to keep pumping the value, pump it, pump it, pump it up. You're going to be able to, dude. You're going to be able to move him for something sweet. There's I'm a third all guy there too, right? That's all like AJ a Green, right? for, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, that's a great point, Andrew. Like, I'm all for it. If somebody comes in and says, "Dude, I'll give you a first rounder for him," <laughs> have it. I'm not that attached to him, um, but at the same time. He also has a very a potential to be very, very good, right? So, do we think Arkansas? Yeah, is I mean, do a true. That, what was that? Like, do we think Arkansas is going to do that? Like, running back wise, like, do we think they're going to hammer one guy? Like, no. The last year they showed right it, that no. they're not going to do that. It was yeah, yeah. It, it it felt so. Maybe I just wasn't following closely enough, but like you know how. Just because there's multiple guys involved in a, a running scheme doesn't mean that it's entirely unpredictable. But theirs felt entirely unpredictable to me. Like one guy would have a hundred yard week, and then you play him in DFS, and he would get like three carries. Like, like I don't know what the carries. rhyme or reason yeah. was behind their game. Plan What's the that. possibility he transfers? I don't know. I think they're, they're, weird they're not letting him out of Fayetteville. Oh, I, I'm just saying, like if they're truly trying to run three, four guys. Like he says, no, I want to go be the I guy. I think running back's a little different. I think that like average, I guess. Kind of like George has kind of showed a little bit like where you can just be one of like two or three guys. You flash success and like skills, but like everybody loves not having guys that are just getting hammered, right? Like the guy's getting 300 carries a game or a, a season. Like McWeapon, you know, like you're kind of like, eh, I don't really want that anymore, right? Like just give me a guy that's going to look good that I know is going to be good skills wise that didn't get hammered all the time. Like, yeah. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they could do just enough to keep him happy where he doesn't go and he could see the benefit of not being overused. Yeah. I'm definitely I'm open to trading him. Let's put that out there right now. I'm open to trading him. I just don't want Would to you right trade now. him for Rattler? <laughs> no, probably not right now. <laughs> To your point of like the, the possibility that yeah maybe they give him a ton of carries and he realizes all that potential like it's not a real sell high if you don't have that feeling pulling at you of like wow if I trade this guy like f maybe it comes back to bite me and like otherwise it's just it's just grifting some dude right so <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 for sure all right um. That's enough about running backs. We'll go to receivers. Andrew, your oh. receivers. Yeah, you like I don't think we have enough time for me to talk about all of them, right? So how do you want to do this? Um, you can just start with your. They got one four. or two. <laughs> you, you got. You can list out your guys. You I'm got. kind of. I so you mentioned before that I have four running backs. I guess you're right because now Katian is exclusively running back. That's why I put him there. Yeah, I know, Last year he had dual eligibility, but no, he didn't. He this is like my soap my soapbox on which I like to stand on every now and then. He had exclusively QB oh, eligibility, and you couldn't play him ever in any scenario, even though you knew he'd have a good game. You were it trying didn't matter. to need to move yeah, his awful. He couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. So our league knows Andrew kept trying to slip me like fifty bucks every week to let me give him running back or receiver eligibility. He wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't stop. Offensive well, we're looking, we're looking great at receiver coming to this year. Go on. 
I don't know if a player went from like one. I can't think off the top of my head of a player who went from like end of bench, most likely end of bench, uh, desperation play type value to wow, I'm stoked to get this guy in my lineup. Then Jermaine Burton, like even as an UGA fan, that like I I don't think he left the bench at all all last year, and if he did, it didn't yield good results. But now, right? I mean. He's probably John Mechie in that offense, I would think. I mean, yeah, but he's kind of like from watching him play, like I get vibes of being able to do some, th- some Jameson Williams type stuff as well. Like he's a fast guy. So I think he like he solves a lot of the problems for, for Bama and he's their wide receiver one, Bryce Young's wide receiver one. So he'll be in my lineup every week. Um, Xavier Worthy is one of my receivers as well you know we talked about him previously i'm i'm amped to watch him continue to just kill it in year two uh then we get into a little more of like my kind of dudes that maybe are not uh, before we we jump into that like fine how happy are you that your two nevada guys transferred to san jose state to play with Chevin, my other my my boy. So I got I'm, I get to run the like the little triangulation of Chevin Cordero, Lockhart, and Cooks. So, I mean, it's a dream scenario, a dream scenario for me. Um, but that like when we think about like cool little things you can do in best ball, right? Like getting all three of them pretty cheap is like an idea that's been dancing around my head. And having it have having it go on here on this team is fun as well. I don't know how often I'll get them all in. Like right now, setting my lineup for day one, Lockhart's chilling on the bench, but I'm starting Cooks, uh, and then uh, I'm not. Shevin's gonna start the year on the bench as well, uh, I think. To help motivate um, him, right? But to answer your question, quite happy. And then Rasheed Rice, WR one at SMU, I think pretty undisputed. Like, what is he? Is he? Unde- the undisputed, most likely top receiver from a fan's perspective at the end of the year. Who's to say, right? But I mean, going into the year, he's probably he probably projects the best. And then I got, I got your boy Cobbs, and I got Puka Nakua. I feel good about all. You of waited on Cobbs. You're you're downplaying Cobbs, <laughs> but I know you. Re- he's really at the top of your list. Well, I want I, I want to leave the floor for you. I figured you would sell him to the crowd for me. Oh no no no. No, no, no. I'm not driving his price up. Not making, <laughs> not making that mistake. No. Go ahead, Chris. You had something to say? I was going to ask about uh, – I don't even know anymore, to be honest. There's, there's not a ton to say. I was man. thrown off by Cobbs. I remembered me taking Matt Miller from Boise back in the day and Spurback, all those classic Boise guys. It's a great place to be, you know. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, all right. I guess, Chris, your wide receivers. Love you, have, you have the Alabama wide receiver two on your roster in Addison, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. We've, yeah, Addison. If those, know, if those that don't like know that we've had the few podcasts, Andrew predicted that Addison would transfer to Alabama. That was before Burton did, but we're still sticking to it. We're holding yeah, on to that breaking news. Yeah, exactly. Go on, Chris. Your your receivers, uh, Marvin Mims, which I felt better about last year until now. Uh, Kayshawn, how do you pronounce his last name? Booty, Boute? Are we churching it up? Billy Kemp, possession, great receiver in that offense. Hopefully, they don't mess that up. Has dual eligibility. He has running back and receiver yeah. eligibility. Jake Bobo taking over the Kyle Phillips role for UCLA. Um, and then it gets weird. I got Arkansas State receivers, Foreman and Hunt. Like, I feel like I'm just gonna mess that one up every week. Like, I'm gonna play one of them, not the other. You're gonna pick the wrong one. Yeah, I'm gonna pick the wrong one every time. And then I got. I'm really hoping Brew McCoy does something, and by do something means like pop up on a college team and decides to play. He's going to Jackson State. You know it. (laughs) I mean, do we allow Jackson State in our league? Maybe they'll get a conference USA bid. But question is James Madison, they're FBS now, right? Sunbelt, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So they should be popping up in the fan tracks this year. Yeah. How do we handle that? Well, that's maybe another episode. Well, they're fair game, right? Like yeah. the rookie draft. 
Good thing I don't have a pick draft, fourth round. You don't have to draft freshmen. You don't have to draft, you know, you can draft whoever you want. So they have a, like a historically a great offense. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. I don't have any picks in the first third round. So I don't care anymore because they're not going to be available. <laughs> I will say I'm excited about my receivers. Addison, obviously, superstar. Hmm. Booty, Boutte, depending <laughs> how much you want to church it up. Another first round pick. Mims has like big play potential, and I I like dart. Uh, I like that offense, generally speaking. Dylan Gabriel. Let's see what happens. Deion Smith at LSU. Still another young guy. Yeah, is, he, tried, the, is he still tried, in the portal? Yeah, uh, I tried to get him in a trade all year last year, and you wouldn't budge. I gave you Rocket instead. I wouldn't let you have him. You did. I think he's a really good player, though. So like wherever he ends up. Even if it's back at LSU, I think. Are I like you that. basing that? So I added him in some spots last year based on him just mossing those Central Michigan defenders in that one game and going like five for one forty and three. <sighs> He's a year one one, so I'm not concerned about it. Oh okay. I, so he's not okay. I think he's got. I mean, he has a high star recruit. Is shown to play really, really well. Let's hit some stats. I mean, I think wherever he goes, it's only up, right? Like, if he comes back to LSU, he's the receiver two with Beck at tight end receiver or whatever you want to call him in, like, some other competing receivers. So, like, it's only better if he changes out, like, he transfers out. But I like him. I think that's a good – like, I think with him having two years left before being draft eligible for, you know, second season draft eligible, I think that's a good spot. But – when you started with Addison Booty, I, I feel good about it. My problem is the depth, which I talked to you guys about earlier. Like, I feel really good about the starting lineup here. The question is when buys hit, like, all it takes is one guy to go down or like right. three guys to be on the buy at the same time, which is conceivable, especially in Dynasty when you're not looking at because you can't predict that at all. Right. I could be in trouble for a couple weeks. So we'll see. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's plenty of time to fill that in like once those schedules come out you'll draft i like to say i dra- i draft knowing the buys like where the buys fall but if i really like a player i'm not gonna be like oh well, he's he's got a week eight buy with the <laughs> other five guys i have i'm not gonna get him like i still am gonna get him and just figure it out in week eight right like that's that's what i do i don't know if that's how you guys look at it but all right so then now we'll go to my wide receivers one of my best friends refuses to draft anyone who has a buy in the championship week as a matter of principle. And he never makes the championship, so it doesn't never really matter. <laughs> but you got to confidence. You can call him Zach. Like, you don't have to call him your best friend. You can just say <laughs> Zach. Yeah, that's, that would be me. No, that's actually – that's funny that you say that. Like, I, I see that like, man, he's got a buy in the playoffs. When I'm going to need him, I'm not going to have him. But – I'm not going to get there. So what am I worried about? Right. (laughs) Um, All right. So my wide receivers are, I didn't remove them from my actual roster. So I make sure I didn't put them on here, but I have Ali Jennings, who another one I drafted in that mock uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I got Mario Williams who just transferred to USC could be, could pay off pretty big. Um, And then from there, it kind of really just falls apart. Um, I have Javon Baker, who just transferred to Kentucky, might get a shot, might be pretty good. So that could be cool. Um, Lavelle Davis was out all of last year for uh, UVA. Um, But that freshman season, I don't know if you guys really kept up with him. Like, he was a machine for them. But then, like, he had high hopes for last year and then obviously got hurt. But I held on to him for the hopes that he comes back and is something relevant. I got Brendan Rice for USC and oh Keelan Marion from UConn. Rice gives me Katie Nixon vibes. Goes from Colorado to USC and you just he like just gets sucked into the void and you never hear from him again. Right. He was the one I, he was one of those guys I picked up right before the playoffs, trying to make some moves, grab some young guys before I couldn't pick up anybody anymore. Not a bad pickup, but, like, why do guys think they should continue to transfer to USC? Like, you, Mario or Mario Williams makes a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. Taj Washington, I get yep. it. Like, you're very good. 
but like a very average at Colorado receiver should stop transferring to USC unless you're just there to be in LA. That's let it. me ask like, you. Let me ask it. you this uh, true, honest question: Do you think that because he's Jerry Rice's son, that he thinks he's a lot better than he is? Or that he thinks that he will be better than he is. Like, yeah, definitely. Probably. Right? Yeah. So he thinks, a lot, he thinks a lot higher of himself than pretty much everybody else thinks of him. It's possible. And that's he, he, he might have been taken. USC might have said, hey, come on, strictly because he's like played and was decent at Colorado. Isn't that before Ryan's very racist? No, it was after Riley. Riley. You might be right. You might be right. It's pretty Riley. I think he transferred to USC. Then Riley took the job. Then he put his name back in the portal. Oh no! No, it was it was post Riley, dude. I'm sure. Yeah, I think it was pre Riley. I don't know. I've been wrong a bunch on this podcast. For some reason, I feel like he transferred. Riley came in. He said, "Oh no, screw that! I'm jumping out, going back to the portal." And then he stood. He went back. They convinced him to come back. I, I don't do you, know. Do you read the uh, the athletic? Uh, um, so athletic co- to fill content like we are doing right now, right? They, they they had all their college football writers put out like projected depth charts uh, within the past month. And the U, I, it, it, it's not that insightful, but it's interesting. And it kills time. So I'll, I'll always click. Um, and the USC one, the, the USC receiver depth chart is exactly how you expect it to be from like a quantity perspective. It's three three guys starting, and then like just a paragraph of guys, and <laughs> they have Rice projected the start. But dude, you there's no way you're you throughout our entire conversation here. There's no way you've thought about this name at all. That is listed as one of the reserves. Jake Smith is still there. <laughs> what? No. I totally Texas? forgot about that. Huh. Uh, by the way, Brendan Rice transferred three weeks ago. So Riley was there. I was right. Mm, when did he take that job? Well, he. I know he went back in the portal and then went back to USC. So maybe he transferred there the second time. I think Lincoln Riley was hired two weeks ago. That's not true. No, uh, it was probably about six weeks, five, six weeks ago. It was probably. Uh, like, well, then you're right. Then you're right. Yeah. 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 yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean he's not playing. Let's let's be honest. Brendan Rice is a non. He's he's a the year athletic four. projects him to start. So right, he's right in blood. <laughs> he's what we call a, a year four zero. <laughs> <laughs> so don't even worry about him. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna hold on to him. Um, did did I name all my receivers? I got this the random Cal freshman that I picked up right before the. Uh, Thing, but that's just one of my stash picks. But did you mention your boy Baydoom? Oh no, I didn't. I didn't. Hassan Baydoom, he's in my flex. That's why I missed him. All right, yeah, I have him. I really like him, but I'd really be open to trading him if the right offer came along. <laughs> no, honestly, he's one of those guys that I his floor is high, but I don't think his ceiling is much higher. They that. Their offense, I wouldn't have called it like awesome by any means last year, but they just they played those three receivers every snap. It felt like Drummond, it was Drummond, Canoe once he was back, and Bay Doom. And they like Bryant completed like 20, 25 passes a game, right? But they were all to those guys and the tight the random tight ends. Yeah. So like it's not like it's not like the, the Riley thing where there's a hundred receivers catching balls. So I mean Assuming the offense stays that way from a personnel perspective of like you can count on the, their receiver, their starting receivers just playing all the snaps. That, that's not bad. He's the best one of them. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I like him. That's it. I mean, like, I just remember playing Mac Rackson and all the time it was like 5,700 Hassan. And it was like <laughs> you kind of had to play him. And then you just hope that he doesn't get like the random, you know, because it's weird because like those Mac teams – Especially like this Ohio situation, it felt like all of a sudden they just would like hammer one guy. Like I was like, oh, you know what? We're just gonna throw nonstop to Hassan tonight. And you just had to guess that you would like you had to build your lineups guessing that you got it right. Do you would you agree with the 
I don't know what the right word is. It's not a hypothesis, but like I, I came away from action this year, felting like feeling like the quality was way better than usual. Like usually I feel like what happens with Maction is we get all stoked for it because Tuesday, Wednesday football and the, like the product's always, it, it's bad in the sense that like these aren't good teams, but I feel like in past years, these teams were struggling to actually score points. And this year, every single game was a shootout. It was the best thing ever. Like I like, and that's one of my favorite things about college football in general, relative to like college basketball, which I've been betting a ton on just tailing people and like praying to make money, like to try and make enough money to bet props on the Super Bowl. But like college football went at like the reason it's so much fun, right? Is like these kids are not good. Like they can't play defense. So everyone scores. And then college basketball, it's not as fun for me personally, because I don't like watching kids just brick shots. So, but like (laughs) Mac, in the past, Maction, it's felt like, okay, these kids just are, like, so bad. They can't even score points. Like, these offenses can't function. But this year, it was, like, every game or, like, we'd have, like, four games a week and three of them would just shoot out and be, like, 55, 50 games. Yeah. I mean, even Lombardi was getting in on the action. Oh, yeah, man. He had, there were some I mean, classics with Northern Illinois this year. And, and then all of a sudden, he'd throw it, like, seven times. There's like, what, yeah. the, what the hell, man? Well, <laughs> Now, I don't think either of you had a tight end on your roster, which you don't have to in this league. Zero tight end strategy, yeah. But I do have one. I didn't list him on the, the ticker, but I have Marshawn Ford from Louisville. My boy. It's Andrew's, it's Andrew's guy, so I guess you know I'll kind of dangle that carrot out there to Andrew all summer long to say, hey, Cobbs, you know, would be look – Ford for Cobbs. Would look really good on my roster – and Ford would look really good on yours. So it's a 1.5, right? So like there's there's yeah. added bonus there. Yeah, there so. is premium scoring. So so those two catches are worth three points. Correct. Okay. And yards are worth more too. Oh, really? And it's, it's like 1.5 in general, right? Like he times his his general. It's not Zach, Zach, Zach has some weird equation set up. Of course. So it's it's instead of point one for every yard. It's 0.15. Yeah, but what about touchdowns? They're the same. Of course. So it's it's 1.5 times everything but touchdowns. But it's catch it. Well, hold on. No, it's a point for every reception instead of a half. Oh, okay. So it's it's two times receptions. Right. 1.5 times yards. Right. It's your your typical one-time touchdown. Bingo. Simple. Yeah. It you know what it makes sense to me. Simple, and I'm the commissioner, and, and no right. one's noticed it for eight years. Yeah. They, they still. So how could we get mad? <laughs> so, you know, right now is is there any news you guys want to break on this podcast? <laughs> Got anything? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. I guess that's about it then. Um, we just a late a Saturday night podcast. Sorry about missing this week, but um, hopefully we can kind of get back into a schedule. It's not really strict that we need to get into a schedule, but it'd be nice to kind of get into a routine. Um, but I'll leave it there uh, unless you guys have anything to add. All right. Nope. Got nothing. All right. Next time. I left it all out there. All right. Till next time. Later. Yeah.